Hey everyone, Giordano here from The Juice Media. Welcome back to The Juice Media Podcast, a companion to the Honest Government ad series. This episode is filmed on Wurundjeri land and it is the companion to our latest Honest Government ad about the safeguard mechanism. Or as we call it, SM, because it'll hurt the planet, make it all hot and wet, but you'll love it because it's a labour policy, except it's not. Fuck you. Safeguard mechanism. Before we go on, I just want to say that personally, I genuinely want labour to succeed at tackling the climate crisis. So when they legislated their 43% emission reduction target for 2030, even though it's not in line with the science, we didn't make a video about it because it was still an important symbolic achievement to legislate a target. But how sad is that? After a decade of inaction under the shit party, anything seems like a cause for celebration. Even a slightly less inadequate target than the one proposed by the last government, which is still inadequate. But anyway, when Labour legislated its shit light target, the real question was always going to be, how would we reach that target? Would it be through genuine emission reductions, which entails no new coal and gas, which is what the science says? Or would it be through more bullshit schemes that appear to regulate the coal and gas industry whilst actually letting them go about business as usual? And now that Labour has said it will adopt a tweaked version of the former coalition government's safeguard mechanism, which was made to safeguard fossil fuel companies, not the climate, I think it's safe to say that sadly, it's going to be the latter approach. Because the safeguard mechanism does not stop new coal and gas projects from opening up, it only covers a small portion of existing ones total emissions, lets them buy infinite carbon credits to offset those emissions, and those credits are still the subject of major integrity concerns which have not been resolved by Labour's independent review. Which is why we decided to make an honest government ad about this policy. I'm glad to see the positive response to this video, although some people didn't like it. Like this journalist who thinks we outsourced the writing of it to the Greens. To which I replied that maybe it appears that way because both we and the Greens seem to be listening to the science. Just to be super clear though, the Greens had nothing to do with making our honest government ad. But just to mess with the conspiracy heads, I thought, who better to have as my guest for the podcast companion to this honest government ad than the leader of the Greens, Adam Band. I hope you enjoy our chat and I'll catch you on the other end. Welcome back to the Juice Media Podcast. G'day, thank you. Late last year with support from the Greens, our new Labour government legislated a 43% emission target by 2030, which is not in line with the science, but nevertheless, an important symbolic achievement after a, a decade of inaction under, under the coalition. Labour has a bunch of different ideas of how it will get there. Some of them potentially good. There's an EV strategy to address transport emissions, powering the regions fund and a whole bunch of other stuff. But the policy Labour is proposing to regulate our biggest emitters of all, including the coal and gas industry, is called the safeguard mechanism. And it's about to be voted in Parliament. Can you explain to our viewers what is this policy and why are the Greens opposing it? I mean, sorry, why are they not opposing it? It's so confusing. Can you take us through it, please? Yeah, sure. So um, a while ago, you might remember, you know, we had this prime minister called Tony Abbott, who did a bunch of pretty terrible things for the country. One of them was tear down some pretty amazing climate legislation that the Greens and Labor had managed to put in place last time. Um, in its place, he put this thing in called the safeguard mechanism that says, uh, it's this law that sits across all the top of the coal, oil and gas industry, as well as some of the big factories in this country. But it's predominantly, it's about the coal, oil and gas mines. Um, that's that's primarily who it's aimed at. Uh, Labor's now reheating this policy and saying, 
well, we're going to come back and th this will help us meet our target. But the way they're doing it is to say that coal, oil and gas can keep polluting and, in fact, can keep opening up new coal and gas mines as long as they buy enough tree planting permits on the other side of the country. And um, if you plant enough trees, we'll say that that cancels out this uh, new tonne of pollution that you're putting into the air and that, according to Labor, is apparently magically how we're going to get to net zero emissions. So under this plan, um, pollution from gas, for example, under Labor's documents, keeps going up. Uh, we know that coal uh, gas is as dirty as coal. Coal and gas are the leading causes of the climate crisis. But this supposed plan, um, firstly, really says that most of the uh, supposed pollution cuts are just going to come on paper. They're going to come through these offsets, these tree planting permits, Secondly, it says coal and gas mines can keep opening up um, and adding to the problem. What we're saying to the government is we think there's quite a few problems with your um, uh, position. The, um, it's Tony Abbott's reheated mechanism. Your targets are too low. It allows a lot of this offsetting, which isn't real pollution cuts at all, but just an accounting measure. And we've said to them, look, we're prepared to put those concerns to one side for the moment. But please stop making the problem worse. Stop opening new coal and gas projects. If you commit Labor to stop opening new coal and gas projects, we'll pass this scheme of yours, even though we think it's got a lot of holes in it. But the first step fixing a problem is don't make the problem worse. And now the ball's in Labor's court. Hey, so, of course, this sets up this uh, dynamic that's been playing out in, in, in Australian politics now for... 12 years or something that whenever labor and the greens have to have any sort of uh, interaction about debating climate policy the argument that gets wheeled out is um the cprs in 2009 because what happened when you lined up with the liberals last time to block the carbon pollution reduction scheme I don't want to talk about it because we've already had this, we had an in-depth conversation about this last time we had you here on the podcast in 2020. And um, for those who haven't seen my interview with Adam about that, I will put the link in the video description. Go check it out. We go in, we nerd out on, on, on that chapter of, of the climate wars. But is it really history repeating? Uh, I just want to talk about the, that premise. Do you feel this is the same political dynamic as 2009? Is history repeating? Or have things actually, I don't know, changed? Does, you know, is history more complicated than that? Is this a different situation to what happened in 2009? Really, the question is now, like, for Labor, like, things are quite different now. Um, it's 2023. The question for Labor is how now can they justify keep opening up new coal and gas mines? Now, most of the students who are marching in the street in the climate strike in a couple of weeks' time behind banners that say no new coal and gas were in primary school back in 2009, right? Things have moved on. We, we are seeing Australia burning, flooding. We're seeing the droughts. People know it is coming from coal and gas. And what we're putting on the table this time is actually a really modest ask. Like, it's not... It's not perfect it's the bare minimum that we're asking for we're just basically saying stop making the problem worse like we'll compromise with you on the question of targets and even this question of these dodgy offsets that you want we're just saying stop make the problem worse and i just think that tanya plibersek um, and the others do not get it that 
what's happening now is that government is going to the people and saying that Labor wants to keep opening up new coal and gas mines and the Greens are standing in our way. It's like, yes, we are trying to stop you from opening new coal and gas mines and it's up to you, Labor, to now explain to people why you think opening new coal and gas mines in a climate emergency is such a great idea. Like we're coming up to a year of the anniversary of the floods in Lismore. Like I challenge a Labor minister to go to Lismore and tell them what a terrific idea it is that Labor wants to open up new coal and gas mines. Like people get the link now. I think people get that this time the Greens are putting on the table um, a sensible proposition that says we'll pass Labor's legislation in full, just one condition, don't make the problem worse because you can't put the fire out while you're pouring petrol on it. And so... I know Labor will play the tape and say, oh, this is all like 2009. And I think they've just, they haven't caught up with the fact that 57% of people across the country and 66% of people aged between 18 and 34 don't want us to open any new coal and gas mines. And that's who we're fighting for. Things have changed. Labor hasn't caught up. Because what these are not just the Greens' policies. This is what the science is saying. It's not like... You're going, oh, what you know, you know, what's the, you know, what's our policy? Well, am I right? You're you're basically just repeating what the UN, the International Energy Agency, are saying. We cannot have new coal and gas if we want to keep the reef. If we want to stay under 1.5 degrees, um, this is what we have to do. So you're kind of, it's it's an interesting wedge because you're not wedged between two political parties. In reality, it's between a party and the science, and you're trying you're trying to honour that. If I understand correctly, you're trying to how do we get the science? <laughs> It kind of is that simple. Like the UN Secretary General said, just in the lead up to the last climate summit, uh, where of course you had the UK government saying that we've got to get out of coal, like the UK Tory government saying we've got to get out of coal. But the UN, the head of the UN has just said, look, we can't, to meet our climate goals, we can't open up any new coal, oil and gas projects. That's what the scientists have said as well. And even the International Energy Agency, which is quite a conservative body that actually represents the coal, oil and gas producers, they've said to meet net zero goals, there cannot be one new piece of coal, oil or gas infrastructure opened up. Like there's just, the the, the atmosphere's full. There's too much pollution in the planet. What we've got to work out is how to stop putting it up there and start pulling it out. Um, So everyone across the board is saying this is the only way we're going to meet our climate targets. And uh, and so in doing that, we're just asking don't make the problem worse, right? But if we had our way, we would have a managed plan to get out of thermal coal by 2030 as we start to close down um, power stations and mines in an orderly way to support the workers and replace them um, we, we replace those areas with good, um, secure, well-paying jobs. That's that's what we would do if we were um, there. But we're, we're coming to Labor with a proposal that's not even touching existing mm. coal, oil and gas projects. It's just saying don't open up new ones. Yeah. And um, so we've already heavily shifted on that front and now we're prepared to shift further to adopt their whole their whole scheme. But as you say... What we're putting on the table is just what the scientists um, and the UN and the International Energy Agency and the Australian people are asking for. I don't envy your position at all, but I just wanted to say thanks for being a voice in Parliament that is saying that, because I think a lot of people in this country really want the science to be in. They want politics out and they want the science in. And uh, it's not easy, but 
you guys are doing it. So um, thank you <laughs> for taking that heat. Um, I want to ask you one last question. Last year in the lead up to the election, you said something that I think inspired a lot of people, apart from Google at Mate, which was, uh, you know, made the headlines. But you also said politics should be about reaching for the stars. Um, is that what you're trying to do when you say no new coal and gas? I'm asking you this because just a few days ago, you were an insiders and David Spears asked you, has any other country banned new coal and gas projects? And your reply was, well, someone's got to do it. Like, someone's got to go first. I love the idea of Australia seizing, you know, this opportunity that we find ourselves in to become a leader in making the transition away from fossil fuels, which is a transition humanity is going to have to do at some point. Anyway, I like that you're trying to change the conversation and talk about the opportunities, not just the obstacles. But, and I think many people share this, this vision, but perhaps many don't know if there is an actual practical pathway for Australia, which is such a big, big emitter, we're the third biggest exporter of fossil fuels, uh, to, to be a leader on climate. So do you see this as an idealistic goal, then no new coal and gas, or is it a practical goal, or is it a bit of both? Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit of both. And like on that question of other countries, as you said, we're the third biggest exporter of fossil fuel pollution. And it's Russia and Saudi Arabia ahead of us. And so if the question is, well, Russia and Saudi Arabia haven't done it, so why aren't we doing it? Why, why should we do it? It's like, well, hang on, we don't really take our... Um, uh, our political like, bearings from Russia and Saudi Arabia in a bunch of other respects. So I don't think the fact that Russia and Saudi Arabia haven't done it is uh, is a reason that we shouldn't do it. But like we are blessed with so much sun and wind, right, and wave power as well. Like, we could be the world leader in renewables, not just um, powering ourselves, but exporting it as well, like solar fuels. Like let's work out ways of getting the sun into like using renewable energy to make um, hydrogen, for example, green hydrogen, um, and use that to export or even direct, you know, big extension cords running up to Southeast Asia. There's a couple of projects that are looking at doing that uh, at the moment. And we, we have big solar, solar um, farms and wind farms here to generate the electricity and send it across to other countries. There's plenty of ways um, for us to be exporting, like to be that massive, massive world leader, not number three in exporting pollution, but we could be number one in exporting the sun and the wind and our clean energy and clean energy tech. And we're really lucky that we've got a lot of the minerals here in this country that are going to be needed for things like um, big batteries uh, that will get used uh, and also for just in a bunch of renewable um, technologies. So, for example, aluminium. So we could actually be the country that powers the world's shift out of fossil fuels. But at the moment, the coal and the gas corporations have kind of got their, their claws into the government, um, into uh, of both stripes. We knew it with Morrison, who was gas-led recovery and brought a lump of coal into parliament. But the, the companies that are covered by this safeguard mechanism and their lobby groups donated about $900,000 to Labor at the last election. And, you know, now they're coming in and saying, well, we demand a, a return on it. But, like, that's the old, right? That's the old. And the old has still got its claws into the government. We're trying to prise those claws mm -hmm. off mm -hmm. and say, no, look, actually, there's a different way that we could be an incredibly prosperous country if we just export something other than coal and gas. Like, wouldn't it be nice to um, to have 
you know, you know how sometimes people talk about other countries and say, oh, well, you look at some of those other countries like in Scandinavian countries and look how they've managed to reduce inequality or, or look at steps that are being taken in Germany to close down their coal mines. Well, wouldn't it be nice if people all around the world started talking about Australia in the same way? Absolutely. That would be something to be uh, truly proud of. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get there. Um, and um, yeah, again, thanks for taking the time to come and talk to us. Um, and yeah, we'll obviously be keeping an eye out for how um, it goes on the vote on this legislation. I think it's being voted on in, in March, right? The, the safeguard mechanism. Well, it's, it's probably going to come to a head in the first half of this year. And um, in the time between now and then, we're going to be pushing the government as hard as we can. Good on you. So will we. Awesome. <laughs> Take care, Adam. Thank thanks you. for your time. Well, that's all for this episode of the Juice Media Podcast. As you can probably tell, the climate wars are far from over, as some would like us to believe. They've merely entered a new chapter, in which governments offer solutions designed to appear like they're taking the climate crisis seriously, but are not. So, calling out bullshit climate solutions from governments in Australia, as well as other heavy-emitting nations, will be a defining part of our work during this season of the Honest Government Ads. As we head deeper into the 2020s, the decade of green fuckery. If you'd like to support us in doing all this, the best way is to support us on Patreon. Thank you to all the patrons who already support us, especially our patron producers, who are the backbone of the Juice Media. Thank you. Also, before we go, I would just like to give a big thanks to Ellen Burbage, who for the past three years has been helping to edit and produce the Juice Media podcast. Thanks, Ellen, for all the time and effort that you've put into making the podcast what it is today. You've been listening to the Juice Media podcast with me, Giordano. I'll catch you very soon for our next Honest Government ad. Till then, take care.